0: We're in a new series that's called Lord Help Me. You ever felt like that? Lord Help Me. I feel like that regularly. You ever looked at your bank account and thought, Lord Help Me. Ever looked at your mortgage? Lord Help Me. Your children? Lord Help Me. Your friends? Lord Help Me. Your marriage? Oh, awkward. Lord Help Me. Whatever it is, have you ever felt like that? I mean, if you're human, if you're an Avenger and should be in Endgame, we're sorry, but the rest of us humans, amen, feel like, Lord, help me. And that's what we want to talk about, because God actually wants to help you. God wants to help you. What? God wants to help you? Yeah. He wants to help you. With what? surely God doesn't care about the little things in my life like a little difficulty here and a little financial trouble there and a little this, that. Surely God's got bigger problems, you know, bigger fish to fry in the galaxy, you know. God wants to help you right where you are at. This is not a God who is this ideal and, and religious idea. This is a God who knows you, who cares about you, who wants to have relationship with you. This is a personal and intimate God He wants to help you. Amen. So let's pray. And now we'll get into the Word tonight. Lord, we thank You that You speak to us. We thank You, God, for what You're doing. We thank You, Lord, for what You're going to do. In Jesus' name. They all said, Amen. Amen. Can you thank Evangeline, You're a good girl? Great job. You're the best. So um, great story in the book of John. Any Johns in here? No John? We'll pray for John. John um, chapter 4, verse 4 to 24. Great story. Um, we talked about it recently, actually, just the other week. We're talking about buckets and wells and what? Anyone remember that? You remember that? All right, awesome. Um, that, that whole story, I want to look at again, but from a different angle. And what's amazing about this story is um, Jesus comes to a woman who's a bit stuck, and He meets her at this well. And the encounter of that moment changes the trajectory of her life. Just with one moment, just with one encounter with God, everything changes. It's, It's amazing. Um, Have you ever felt like you need some power? You know, you ever felt like that? I mean, like, you know, when it comes to electricity or lights, you need power. But when it comes to life, we need power as well. Have you ever felt stuck? Come on, talk to me. You ever felt weak? Hello. Have you ever felt timid? Right? We need power. And the question is, where do you get your power from? What is the source of power in your life? Lord, help me get some power. Lord, help me get some power because I got to face this thing in my life. And you know what? We're all facing things relational things, family things, finance, whatever it is. Every person in this room is facing something. And you're going to need some power. We aren't here because of religion. We're here because of relationship. We aren't here because Jesus is just a nice figure on a cross that we worship every now and then. Jesus died, rose again. Fact. Not idea. Not a concept. Historical fact. Jesus has power, Jesus has authority. God is real and alive and can transform your life. And because we believe that, we believe in that power, we actually have access to it. So I don't just have to know about it, I can know it. Meaning I can have an intimate connection with this power that it becomes personal for me. I remember one of the best days of my life was when I got a beeper. And a beeper is not me swearing. A beeper is... um, when you are in the office at Oxford Falls, we have like a, a, a beeper system that gets you access into certain places. And I didn't have a beeper. So I'd have to go to my youth pastor when I was little. I'd go to Pastor James Murray and I'd say, hey, Pastor Muzz, I need your beeper. And I'd come back to him pretty much like five times a day. And I'd be like, hey, Muzz, can I have your beeper? And he'd say, "Yeah, shut up, take it." You know, and I take his beeper, run off, and I would get, get into a room. And then I, I got to a point where I was asking him so much, and he said, "I am sick of this. Get your own beeper." And call the IT department. And he said, "Hey, give this kid a beeper. He's so annoying. He always asking for mine. Get his own." And so they got me a beeper. Normal was the best day of my life when I got that beeper. I felt like a boss dog. You know, I just walked around, hey, you got a beeper? I do. I don't need to go see Pastor Muzz anymore. I can go myself. This is what Jesus did on the cross. He gave you personal access to God. You, you used to have to go through the priest. You used to have to go through the religious process. You used to have to abide by tradition. But Jesus broke the law and gave us a new way. And that way is the way of the Spirit, where I have access to God personally. I'm not waiting on somebody to get me access. I'm going to get my own. I'm going to have my own relationship with God. I'm going to have my own connection with God. And this is how you discover power. You discover power when you enter into relationship with God. I am not your relationship with God. I'm not. You have your own relationship with God. I'm here to help you. I'm like pointing you. I'm reminding you. I'm encouraging you. But I cannot have your relationship with God for you. You need to have your own. And it's amazing. When you discover your own relationship with God, you find power. Power you've been waiting for. Power you've been dreaming of comes from God. And you can have it on your own. So this woman, John chapter 4, 4, verse 4 to 24, says this. Now he, being Jesus, had to go through Samaria. He had to. He had to. Did he though? It says he had to. But did he? Like, did he have to? Because my research tells me he didn't. My research tells me geographically, he didn't have to. To get to where he was going, he didn't. There is another passageway that all the Jew, Jewish people would follow. They would go a different way. None of them would go through Samaria. That is, is craziness. They would avoid it. They would go around. So he didn't actually have to. But then I thought about, yeah, he did. Because he wasn't following convenience. He was following Calling. And when you live your life following calling over convenience, it'll take you through passageways that don't seem like make, they make sense. It'll take you through things that other people want to go around. That is so good. It'll, it'll, it'll cause you to walk through stuff because I'm called that other people want to avoid. And Jesus said, I have to. You don't even realize. Disciples, connect group, you don't even realize. I have to. So he did. He went through Samaria. Comes across this woman. I'll paraphrase. He he starts to talk with her about all this stuff. And she's confused. He's talking about the well and water. And she's just trying to drink some water. And then he's like, hey, I am water. She's like, hey, you're crazy. And And then he says this crazy thing. He says, go get your husband. She goes... I've actually had five husbands. He goes, ah, I know. She goes, how do you know? He goes, I just know. She's like, whoa, (laughs) this guy's a stalker. There's something going on here. But he just happened, he he knows. And she says, ah, you're a prophet. You're a prophet. And then it goes on and Jesus starts to talk about worship. And he says, Those who worship God must worship in spirit and in truth because God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman is confused. Like to put it nicely, she is confused. She has no idea what the heck is going on. It's amazing because Jesus doesn't, doesn't deal with her problem. He identifies it but he doesn't fix it. You know, know, like you go to a counselor and the counselor will sit you down and they'll talk you through it and help you with it. And that is awesome. But Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't counsel her. He doesn't take her through the seven ways to change your life and the nine steps to get better and the 10 ways to have more friends and fix your life. He doesn't go through all of that. He identifies it, but then he moves right on. I'm thinking, hang on, Jesus. Aren't you the shepherd, you know? Are you a pastor, you know, help her out? But sometimes what we think is our way of helping isn't always God's way of helping. Lord, help me. And then he helps us, but it's not how I wanted him to help me. (laughs) Ah, God, you know, that's cool how you're doing, but I want help like this. When I said help, I meant this help. God says, no, this is how I'm going to help you. So she's like, "How? what are you talking about? He he identifies it, but then he moves on and he starts to talk to her about worship. Why is he talking to this woman about worship when she's having difficulty with her relationship? Why is Jesus pointing her to learn how to connect with God when her real issue is her connection with people? (laughs) This is good. I have so much get, Can I have my, yeah, Guy, get my prop. Get up here. Good man. Yeah, give me that, give me that. Awesome. Come on, give it up for Guy. How good is he? Those muscles, my goodness. Okay, it's like a garden hose. Anyone done any gardening? Me either, don't worry. So, garden hose, this is the output end, right? Shout me down if I'm wrong. And, and this is the input end over here right? You good? You with me? Okay, so this end goes into the tap where the water comes from, right? Where does my help come from? Comes from the tap in this instance. Okay, so the, the water is there and it connects here, but I distribute it from here. So I'm like watering the lilies, you know, hey, and I, I'm at this end, the output end. This end doesn't work if that end, so, so this end doesn't work if that end isn't connected. Okay, so this woman has, has an issue at this end of life. Anybody with some dysfunction in here? Amen. My hand is up. And if you think you don't, that's the sign that you do. We are all dysfunctional. Dysfunction does not disqualify you. Have you read the Bible? I mean, if you haven't, don't worry. But, but read the Bible. Try it out. It's really good. When you read the Bible, you learn about all these people that God used. Pastor Brett, they were so dysfunctional. It's crazy. I'm like, God, why would you use that joker? Have you read some of the guys that God used? Moses, my Lord, help him. Like a phone going off, help us all. David, have you read about David? David, the king of Israel, read about him. Bathsheba, read about his family. Dysfunctional. Read, read, Gideon. Read about all these people in the Bible that God used. They were all dysfunctional, but it did not disqualify them. And here's this girl, and she has disqualified herself all her life because of this end, the output end of her life. It just won't work. And so most of us live at this end. In fact, our whole world, our society lives at this end of life. So if we say, you know, if it's not working, this isn't working, just try, try something else. You know, if, if that church doesn't work, go to a different church. If that relationship's not working, get a new relationship. If those shoes aren't good, get some new shoes. If that's, if that's just, just change this end of life. We're changing our appearance. We're changing the way we look. We're dealing with all of this end. But the issue is, that this end is not the real issue. This woman's problem was not her dysfunction. The real problem was her disconnection. She was trying to fix a problem that was actually connected to what was happening back here. The key to change and help is not fixing all that is fixing this. The reason we exist is not to fix everybody's output, but to help them find the right input. Because they've been turning to sex, drugs, other gods, all sorts of other things at this end, and it's not working. We are not better than anybody. We just found the right input. I'm not better than you. I just found the right connection. And when you find the right connection, things start to flow. Things you've been trying to force start to flow. Have you been trying to force faith? Faith is not meant to be forced. Faith is meant to flow. The Word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So when I start to connect with the Word, faith starts to flow. So we can be brought up in, a, in an ideology, in a, a church environment where it's like, come on, just believe. And we're white knuckling our way through our Christianity. Oh, I've got to believe. Oh, don't say the wrong thing. I'm on a tightrope. Oh, God's watching. Don't do anything wrong. Faith is meant to flow but it comes from His Word. John 1 tells us that Jesus is the Word and that when I connect with Him, I'm connecting with the Word and it's from Word that faith flows. Amen? This woman's issue was about connection. The key to power in God is connection. That is the key, getting close to God. And here's the deal. Connection, Requires attention. Everyone say attention. Connection requires attention. So sometimes God's got to get you by yourself because you're so distracted in every other environment that He might have to lead you to a place where you feel lonely, not because He wants you to feel lonely, but He just needs to get you alone so that you can have some focused time with Him. Here's what's amazing about this woman. She is so dysfunctional and and got so much stuff happening. She can't even go to the well at the right time. I mean, she's such a mess. She can't even turn up to the well when everybody else goes to the well. She goes at noon. Nobody goes at noon. Everybody goes in the morning or at night. She goes at noon to avoid people. She doesn't have to talk about her dysfunctions anymore. She goes to avoid the people. And it's in that place that God turns up. Do you know that your dysfunction could actually be the very thing that leads you to a greater connection with God? Your dysfunction and your inabilities and your frustrations and the things you're battling with and wrestling with could be the very things that opens a door to new connection with God. Here Jesus turns up at the well, and this woman is like, who is this guy? She, she's avoiding everybody, but she couldn't avoid God. Maybe you're avoiding people, but listen to me, you can avoid people all you want, but you can't avoid God, because He loves you, and He knows you, and He cares about you, and He'll turn up when you least expect it, and even when you least want it, because He loves you, and there He is with this woman, and and. Connection requires attention. We live in a busy world. And what you focus on, you become more aware of. So the more time you spend focused, the more aware you become of what you're focusing on. The other day I bought some new shoes. Who likes shoes? Anybody? Come on, I love shoes. I'm like a girl when it comes to shoes. I just love shoes and hair. And so I I go and buy these new shoes. And I walk into the store and I buy these new shoes and they're the best shoes ever. And I buy them and I look around and I'm like, man, no one has these shoes. These shoes are unique. Nobody has these shoes. As soon as I leave the store and I look around, everybody has the shoes I just bought. Was it that everyone, oh, did you hear Alex bought the shoes? Let's all go. Let's know what happened. I walked out and suddenly I saw the shoes everywhere because I had seen them for myself. You know, you buy a red car and suddenly there's red cars everywhere. You didn't notice one red car your whole life till you bought one. What you focus on, you become more aware of. When you focus on God, you become more aware of God. Some of us are looking for God to show up in places that He's already there. (laughs) Some of us are searching for God. Why won't you turn up? And He's right there. And it's simply because we have not learned to focus. We have not learned to give attention to connection with Jesus. But when we do, you'll see Him in everything. You'll see Him on the mountain, you'll see Him in the valley. You'll see Him in the good days. you see Him on the bad days. you see Him when it's pretty. You'll see Him when it's ugly. You'll see Him everywhere. Because what you focus on, you become more aware of. And this moment for this woman was about getting her attention. And God got it. He got her attention. Acts 1 verse 4 tells us that Jesus says to the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Band, you can come and join me. But wait. Everyone say wait. Wait. But wait. I read this article the other day, and there's these, these people, crazy people, who are waiting in line for the new Adidas Yeezys. Kanye West. woohoo. hoo Okay, so, so everyone's... Waiting in line. People waited in the line, thousands of people, for three days. I'm speechless. Is that a joke? They waited three days for a new pair of shoes? What's wrong with the world? But you will wait for what you consider a priority. Whatever you consider to be a priority, You'll wait. Those shoes for those thousands of people was a priority. So much so they waited three days in a queue to purchase a pair of shoes. How much more should we wait on God? If He's really a priority, how much more should we wait? The key is to wait. The key to power is, is waiting. So God wants to bring you to a place where you'll learn to wait. And that's what happened for this woman. We read on about this woman. We read on that the whole town, the whole town, I mean, everybody knew her world and her business so much so that her getting saved was so radical that everybody knew. Jesus is a genius. (laughs) This one woman changed the whole town of Samaria. Do you know what we read about later in the epistles? That Paul goes to visit a revival that Philip, one of the disciples or apostles is looking after. Philip is looking after a revival. You know where that revival is? In Samaria. Samaria was made up of a town and a region. The revival was not just in the town. It was in the region. All of Samaria discovered Jesus Christ because of this one moment with this one woman. How does God help us? He helps us by giving us power, not by solving our problems. He's not gonna fix everything, but He'll give you the power to live above whatever you're facing, to get through whatever it is that's in front of you. He won't fix it, but He'll give you the power you need to get through it. Why? Because God has purpose in your problems. God has purpose in your pain. It might not have been authored by God, but He'll use it. He might not have made it happen, but he'll use it.